Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. This is Donnie. I'm, and today, it's just me and Dustin. What's up, guys? Housed is a. Uh, Housed. I don't know exactly where he was going, but he said he would be in the car at this point in the day. So he's unable to join us this week. I myself am in Texas. So, you guys are lucky I'm able to join. And I'm still stuck in Florida. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. So are you um, are you coming back on a weekend or a weekday? Um, Friday is my last. Friday the sixteenth is my last final. Or fifteenth. Yeah, Friday the fifteenth is my last final. So I'll be coming home on the sixteenth, Saturday. Okay. And then I'll be here, or well, home until the twenty-second, I think, of August. We should, uh, we should do something special for that first podcast we're all in South Haven together for. We should all actually get together and record it. Maybe even uh, try making a video podcast. Just, uh, just something we can think about. Yeah. But yeah, definitely get together and record at least one of them. There'd be less interruptions between conversations and such. Yes, exactly. Um, House and I are going to since we're booming together next year, we will be recording podcasts together over the course of the year. Also, um, we'll be able to record earlier since I won't be I won't be working on Saturdays during the school year. So uh, podcasts will be able to come out on Saturday like they're supposed to, rather than on Sunday night or whenever iTunes decides to update it. All right. So, uh, right before we hit record, we were both talking about how this week has been kind of slow, news-wise. So, I mean, we didn't didn't really have that much to talk about. I mean, the only real thing to talk about is LulzSec is hacking more people. And they've released a statement saying that they are going to keep hacking until they are caught, which they believe they will be, so. I personally hope they will be. It's it's just more of an annoyance than it is anything else. It's not really malicious in any way. And in one instance, they actually, uh, I can't remember what it was, but it was like a British health firm. Instead of taking their data and releasing it over the internet, they told the health firm their security was lax and they needed to upgrade it. Yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, if that's what they're going to tell people they're hacking for, that's what they just need to be doing anyway. I heard something somewhere that uh, the hacking groups were talking about. Their mission is to uh, expose holes in security and Instead of robbing personal information, they should just uh, tell the companies about those holes. Which might get them hired, give them a job or something, I don't know. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, there hasn't really been much... Um, 
there's been a couple of things released about games that happened at E3. A lot of Battlefield versus Modern Warfare 3 debates raging. Yeah, in the in the uh, in the department of gaming, there's it's kind of the post E3 lull. Everyone's uh, everyone's already released all their their information that they're going to release basically for the month. So I mean, there's going to be slow in gaming news. Exactly. But I'm excited for tomorrow, Sunday, because uh, Ocarina of Time 3D comes out. Unfortunately, uh, though, since I'm in Texas and I pre-ordered it in South Haven, I won't be able to uh, get it until Monday. At least you're still getting it. I, I have, I'm debating whether or not I'm going to get Duke Nukem Forever. I know I'm going to get it eventually, Yeah. but whether or not I want to spend the money right now is iffy. So, um, I'm not sure if we talked about it on the podcast or sometime after the podcast or just sometime, some other time, but, uh, at some point in time I found out that Houst has never played a Zelda game, so I let him borrow one of mine, but, I mean, that brings the question to my mind, have you ever played a Zelda game? Are you kidding? Of course I've played Zelda games. Started off on the uh, computer with the uh, four-pack of Zelda games. I don't remember what they were, but I remember it was a four-pack, and I hated the like-likes. Yeah. And then I went from that to playing the Game Boy Color games. Mm -hmm. And then I went to... uh, What was it? The, The one with the wind. I can't remember the name. Yes, Wind Waker. I can't remember if it was Wind Maker or Wind Maker. Yeah, that one. And then, of course, Twilight Princess. Well, that's good to know. Uh, I was a little disappointed that House never played a Zelda game. I'm honestly surprised. I think he said the first Mario game he played was... I can't remember if it was Galaxy or Galaxy 2. I think it was Galaxy 2. So he had never played a Mario game before it came out on the Wii? Correct. From what I from what I remember. That's sad. Yeah, that's very disappointing. But he did grow up um, on the opposite side of the spectrum in terms of uh, Nintendo games. He was, he was a Sega child, and then uh, after Sega, you know, just... Put that, yeah. Uh, he went. He went on to PlayStation. So it's he's basically a... been deprived of Nintendo quality titles, except for handhelds, because he had a Game Boy Advanced, I think, um, until the Wii. The Wii's the first console, Nintendo console, he's on. It's not too bad a transition, but I feel like he should know where most modern games came from. He should, he should have that experience. Which is uh, interesting. I read something somewhere uh, concerning um, Konami's press conference. Uh, I didn't actually watch it. But near, near the end, they showed uh, the Contra C. 
there was an article about how um, they should keep the the old basic 2D formula and not mess with any of that because that's that's where uh, that's where the fun lies in Contra. Exactly. And I mean, I completely agree with a lot of games like that. You you don't need to change it just to uh, just to baby um, gamers nowadays because I remember. I mean, even recently, just going back and playing the SNES, um, some of those games, just just getting through a level is a challenge, and when you finally beat that level, it's like one of the most rewarding experiences you can get as a gamer. Well, that's true. As for Contra, that's not really true, because most people can only beat it using the Konami code. Yeah. But, I mean, I was just talking... It more general in in terms of uh, older games. I feel like recently, uh, well, especially very recently uh, with the release of the Wii, but like it feels like games have progressively gotten easier. And I mean, of course, with the release of the Wii, they've tried to pull in an audience that doesn't play games, and therefore they have to make their games much easier for those people. Almost to the point where it's boring. Which, um, and New Super Mario Bros. Wii, uh, I'm pretty sure that's where they first implemented it, but the Super Guide feature, where, um, if you can't beat a level, like if you die on it, I think it's like 15 times, um, it'll give you the option of the game beating it for you. And I mean, I've never used that, and even when given the option, I refuse to use it. But I mean, the fact that you have that, and it won't discourage uh, more casual players from continuing is uh, is pretty innovative and thoughtful. I myself enjoy the challenge. I Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's why I'm, I haven't started it yet, but pretty soon Dead Space 2 Hardcore mode, that's going to be my next uh, conquest. Nice. I, honestly... I can't wait for Ocarina of Time 3D because um, I have never played the Master Quest and I am supremely excited to basically play one of my favorite games of all time but with uh, new dungeon layouts. I mean they're not new rooms but the uh, the enemies in the rooms are different. Like I watched a uh, I watched a video playthrough of um, Master Quest, the uh, first dungeon, and even the first dungeon, which is a complete breeze on the original story, is uh, significantly more difficult. Hmm. Now. And just just thinking about being able to go through and uh, and um, have have that challenge on a game that I've already played multiple times over the past 12 years and have it even even just having it being a little little bit different is uh, refreshing I completely agree what I what I think would be a breath of fresh air to the Zelda series is open world I think that'd just be absolutely amazing yes and I'm, I'm hoping now that they're coming out with the Wii U and uh, their system's going to have more 
processing power and their disks are going to be larger. Um, I'm hoping that they make either at least make the world larger, but also some sort of open world aspect to it. Um, Skyward Sword, which is coming out sometime uh, at the end of this year, um, they're doing something new where it's kind of Metroid-like where um, after you beat a dungeon, you can still go back in that dungeon and unlock uh, certain areas after after you get other items. Hmm. Yeah, that is a lot like Metroid, because I, I remember playing uh, Metroid Prime and Metroid Prime 2 that uh, you always would have to... you'd beat an area and then you'd go back, you'd get like some weapon, and then you'd be able to go back to that one area and unlock something new with that new ability you have. Mm -hmm. And then through that unlocking, unlock something else. Exactly. But um, I, I'm actually a little bit disappointed that you have not had the pleasure of playing Metroid Prime 3. Other M? No. Not not other M. Other M is uh, later, but Metroid Prime Three was uh, almost a Wii launch title, but it got pushed back a couple months. So it's like the first year of the Wii cycle, but it is one of the uh, most enjoyable Wii games I own, and it convinced me to buy the the trilogy because I had never played Prime One or Prime Two because I didn't know anything about it because none of my friends had played it and I didn't start keeping up with uh, gaming news until about the time the Wii was announced. Hmm. Uh, well, if it, if it had come out on the GameCube, I would have bought it in a heartbeat because I love the Metroid series. But it didn't, and, we, and I wanted to buy a PS3 because I had the money, and yeah. I wanted a Blu-ray player, too, and... Some of the, the titles were just more appealing to me, so you, you know how it works. Yeah. I know how it works. But um, getting back to uh, games seemingly becoming easier, I um, I started my Zelda gaming with uh, A Link to the Past on the SNES, and. I only recently beat it, like, within the past couple years, through a bunch of Perseverance, and the next game that came out was on the Game Boy, and I'm not sure if I've ever beaten it, but I'm pretty sure I have, but it, it seemed a little bit easier. And then there was Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons on the Game Boy Color, and I never beat either of those. I beat Seasons once, and it was one of the hardest games I've ever played. Yeah, and uh, then... On the 64, Ocarina of Time, I only beat it recently because uh, um, I was just I just really decided I needed to sit down and beat it. I never beat Majora's Mask because I couldn't get past the one the one trial where you had to spend all three days working on it, and if you messed up, you had to go back to day one and start the whole thing all over again. Which I'm sure pissed off a lot of people. Yeah. And then Wind Waker is the first game I beat uh, like in my first playthrough but I did I did use a guide to beat it and then Minish Cap came out and that was the first game 
I ever beat, ever first Zelda game I ever beat without a guide. And it seemed like one of the easiest Zeldas I've ever played. And Twilight Princess was, I wouldn't say as easy, but it was still pretty easy when compared to some of the older games. I enjoyed Twilight Princess. It wasn't hard, like you're, like you're saying, but it had that level of difficulty that was still kind of there. Yeah, and uh, did you ever go into the? Uh, I can't remember what a, I can't remember what it was called, but it was in the desert, and uh, it was on top of a a cliff or something. And I think you blew up a rock to get in there, but it, there was a hundred levels and each level got progressively harder yes yes i did can you remember what that that cave was called i have, I have no idea i remember doing it on uh twilight princess and i remember doing it on wood waker and it was enjoyable to say the least yeah Now, uh, I know you don't own Infamous 2 yet, but I know you are going to play it eventually. Eventually, yes. And uh, here's a pro tip. During the comic book cutscenes, if you've already, if it gets to the point where you're tired of watching it or you just think you it doesn't pertain to the story, anything like that, you can use the Konami code to skip the cutscenes. That's awesome. I figured that out purely by accident. I was just messing around. I was like, you know what? I want to put the Konami code in, and it skipped the cutscene for me. That's that's awesome. That's such a nice tip of the hat. But uh, speaking of um, PS3 games that I have not played yet or that I'm borrowing, I'm I borrowed uh, Heavy Rain. From one of my co-workers who's also one of my friends uh thursday i believe so i spent all night thursday playing it and then friday we left for texas so i'm not that far into it but i can't wait to get back and uh finish it have you played uh heavy rain yet i played the demo and it seemed interesting i just never went out and got it yeah it wasn't a game that i wanted to buy because there wasn't, I mean, beyond uh, getting all five endings, I didn't really see that much replay value in it. It's kind of like, um, almost like one of my, what's, the, what's a, name a game that has terrible replay value. I mean, I know there's a ton of them, I just can't think of one right now, because usually the ones I go out and buy, I make sure I have good replay value. Infamous. It does have good replay value, though. The first one? Yeah. If I ever play, if I ever play Infamous again, it's just for a couple minutes. After I beat it, I haven't really... Well, I, I mean, I'm speaking more on the terms of I'll go back and play it a second time to unlock more stuff. That's replay value to me. Like, I don't think after I beat Final Fantasy thirteen, whenever I do, because I'm still halfway. Th I'm, I think I just got to the halfway point, and I haven't picked the game up in months. I don't think I'll ever replay it after I beat it. 
it's a great game. I don't see why everybody doesn't like it, but I just don't think it's ever going to be played again after I beat it that first time, just because of the difficulty. You know, honestly, um, I loved Uncharted 2 to death, and it has multiplayer mode, so you can you can play that over and over again. And one of the modes is uh, survival mode, which I've played numerous times with Houston. But the first game, um, even just to plat since even just to platinum it, you uh, only need to play it twice. I guess that's a another one I see as not having that much replay value. I personally haven't played the first one. I skipped straight to the second. I'm definitely going to play the third. Yeah. The first one... I mean, I wouldn't call it amazing by the standard set by its predecessor. Or, well, not predecessor. Successor. Successor, yeah. Um, but it it is a good game to play through at least once. I'll consider borrowing it from someone eventually. I'm sure there's someone on campus who has it. Yeah. I can't really think of many other games, at least in uh, recent days, that don't have much replay value, because that's stuff that uh, gamers and reviewers harp on all the time. Yeah. Well, kind of changing the subject here. To the subject of beating a dead horse, as in reviving Sirius, that just really don't need it. Halo. Yeah. It's, See, it's gotten out of hand. Honestly. Yeah, I don't understand the whole, um, the whole argument about uh, why people don't like uh, buying Nintendo consoles because Nintendo just uh, creates the same franchises over and over again. Well, I mean, what is there? To, what what is there for the other consoles? I mean, you got you got Halos con coming out every other year. Um, on on the PlayStation, there is more variety, but I mean, you you do have a bunch of sequels. Call of Duty. Console. Call of Duty, while not being a um, system exclusive, is a perfect example of constantly rehashing the same thing over and over again. And people have started to understand that and have started to shy away from Call of Duty. But then I think a lot of that is just because people like to hate things other people like, or they just like to hate things that other people hate. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to stop me from buying the new Modern Warfare, but uh, yeah. it is probably just going to be Modern Warfare 2 rehashed. Yeah. Um, I think the only thing that would stop me from buying Modern Warfare 3 is if Battlefield 3 is... Uh, I, don't, I don't know what exactly would pull me in for Battlefield 3, but that would be the only thing that could pull me away from buying Modern Warfare 3. I think that I'm going to get both, just to see what both have to bring to the table. I mean, 
just reading all these arguments that fans bring to these debates and get angry at each other over, I kind of want to see it for myself. Yeah, I know I will play both for sure, but I'm not sure which one I will buy. Well, anyways, back to Halo. Halo 4. Is it honestly needed? I mean... I understand that a lot of people want the continuity of the Master Chief, but it's not even confirmed that it's Master Chief that they're bringing back. And, uh... Yes, it is. It is? Yeah. It is? Okay, I stand corrected. I did, but I didn't really get much out of it other than it's the same game. Yeah, it's... I mean, if you ever played Halo 3, you know he's... He's, uh, stuck in, uh... He... Well, you, you know that... You know that's him. Yeah, I mean, I know he's stuck in space. After Halo 3, he gets kind of blown up, but... And uh, his name's John, for sure. So, I mean, it's it's him. Okay. It's definitely him. Still. He was alone at the end of the game. I mean, there's just... Everything points to it being him. Still, I mean, after that, they came out with Reach, ODST. They came out with some horrible strategy-based game. Jonathan plays that constantly. But... I'm sorry. Then again, he plays his Xbox constantly. And now for um, I'm foreseeing a trend here. It's gonna it's gonna get to seven. They're gonna be like, okay, we're done, and then it's gonna continue. Yeah. Because I think I do believe Reach was supposed to be the last game. It's gonna get to uh, it's gonna get to six, because it was supposed to be the Halo trilogy one through three, and then Reach was gonna be Bungie's swan song for Halo. And then uh, 343 Industries decided, well, everyone likes this Halo thing. Let's just make another trilogy. Uh. So that's basically how it happened. Well, same thing's kind of going on with, mod with Modern Warfare, as we already talked about. Once they come out with a brand new Call of Duty from... Uh, Infinity Ward, I'll, I'll, cons I'll consider actually giving the series a more of my time, but as for right now, it's just going to be the same thing rehashed. I'll buy it, I'll play it, but I'm not really going to enjoy it as much as if it was a new game. Yeah, I'm hoping that um, the Modern Warfare games are just a trilogy right now because I don't want to get to the end of Modern Warfare 3 and, and then leave us hanging again. I don't want to have to feel like I have to buy the next Modern Warfare. Because if they, if they end the story um, that had been played out through 1 and 2, if they end it in 3, I will not buy another Call of Duty game. I, I'll, just, I'll just replay Modern Warfare 3 because I made the mistake of buying Black Ops. Well, that's also a Treyarch title. and I, Honestly... Honestly, I have never enjoyed a uh, Treyarch title as much as Infinity Ward. Because uh, 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 Call of Duty 3 was the first Call of Duty game I hated. I mean, granted, I played it on the Wii, so the Wii version was terrible. But they just did so much that it was it just didn't feel right. It didn't feel like Call of Duty at the time. And then, uh, and then World of War was just... It never really did anything for me because at the time 
Modern Warfare was the big thing. Yeah. And, uh, they put out World at War because they had already been a year into the into the dev cycle. By the time uh, Infinity Ward even t- told them that Mono, uh, the next game was going to be Mono Warfare, so it felt like they were going back in time to World War Two, and then uh, I, I just didn't want to. I didn't want to play a World War Two shooter. There's so many. Yeah, but recently I have been wanting to play a uh, European campaign, modern. World War II shooter. Like, I, I could go back and I could play Call of Duty 3, or I could play um, The Finest Hour or Big Red 1 on the GameCube. But I just, I kind of want, like, modern, like, more cutting edge graphics, more, uh, like, regenerating health. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I don't really want, I, I mean, it's kind of, I kind of, I want to play it, but I don't want it to be made. I want them to keep moving in the direction they're going, but exactly. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't actually mind seeing another World War II shooter, even if it's just like just the very last one. Mm. I I completely agree. Now, what are your views on the uh, whole? Hey, we're going to be announcing our next gen systems at the next E3. I because we really need them right now, even though. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that. The current ones haven't really lived out their full cycle. I mean, they're still good. Yeah, I mean, what's this whole uh, claims that the PS3 is going to last 10 years, and then Microsoft is like, oh, well, the Xbox 360 is also going to last 10 years. And then uh, Nintendo decides, well, I guess we want to enter the HD realm. We want to get back, uh, we want to get out of this blue ocean strategy. So we'll, we'll get into the HD gaming we'll get some third-party support, and we'll make the console eh, a little bit stronger than the PS3 and Xbox 360. All of a sudden, Sony and Microsoft are like, okay, that 10-year life cycle, we lied. We need a new console now. Uh, What's the point? I mean, the PS4 is going to come out. No one's going to want to buy it because the PS3 still has life left in it. Yeah. That's kind of like uh, with the PS2. People kept their PS2s, and they still make games. Exactly. These games on the PS2. I mean, I don't really, I don't really pay attention to what games release on the PS2, but I know that the show every year releases on the PS2. Yeah, I remember uh, PS3 had already been out for a couple of years, and uh, the last new PS2 game that I bought was Dot Hack GU Volume Three, and I mean, it was every bit as good as games that have been coming out on the PS2 for a while, so, I mean, that obviously still had life in it. And then, now the Xbox, I don't know what it is, is coming out, and they're going to announce it next year. Yeah. I'm assuming it's going to be the Xbox 720 or something. I, don't... I hope they don't name it the 720. I hope they come up with something more original. Like, instead of going with those numbers, call it, like, the Xbox... I'm not sure what I'm not sure what's it like the Xbox uh I don't know something that grabs attention I don't yeah I mean keep, yeah keep the Xbox name because that's popular I mean that's exactly why Nintendo kept we we the Wii name for Wii U because um, it's instantly recognized by the casual consumer any gamer will instantly realize that uh 
if it says Nintendo, then it's made by the same company that makes the Wii. But not all casual gamers will recognize that. Exactly. So calling it Wii U was a good idea. And uh, continuing to call it Xbox and continuing to call it PlayStation is a good idea in the same right. Exactly. They should keep the brand name there, but like yes. as for the suffix, change it completely. I mean, PlayStation 4, honestly, would just piss me off. <laughs> yeah, I've read, uh, I've read, I can't remember if it was a comment or if it was like a webcomic uh, a couple years back, uh, shortly after the PS3 released. Um, it, they were just making fun of Sony, and uh, they were talking about, they made up this really weird uh, code name for the PlayStation, and uh, the, it, was, it basically went down as uh, Sony was announcing that their new console had a, 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 an interesting name and something that consumers could really grab onto and sink their teeth into, and then and they just come back with, just kidding, it's a PS3, or well, it's another PlayStation. I mean, even the, even the name PlayStation Next would be better. And uh, actually, speaking of that, like when you think about it, PlayStation Next, when you come to the next console, it's it's kind of an outdated name, which brings me to uh, a bunch of the Nintendo titles that have come out. New Super Mario Brothers, next generation, it's not going to be new anymore. So why would you call it new? I mean, that's, I don't understand why companies do that. They they call stuff new this generation, or or this generation is called the next generation. Isn't it the now generation? What's the next generation going to be? Double next generation? I wouldn't mind next that. Times two? <laughs> I mean, what? what's the point? Why not call this the... Infinity. The H, would you call this the HD generation? Well, I mean, if they do that, then... I mean, HD is still going to be continuing. What's the next generation going to be? The holographic generation? Well, you could call this the, uh, the motion control generation because every console has motion control. Which is quickly going down the crapper. I mean, yeah. it was good while, while it was on the Wii still, and then it just got taken, it got blown out of proportion. Every console has it now. While I'll admit that some games, motion control can be incorporated into it to make the gameplay more rewarding, it, full motion control in games like kill zone and stuff like that just isn't worth it. I, I do enjoy the whole you have the controller in your hand. When you set a bomb, you twist the controller to the left to set and right to set it. Or in Infamous, you got the Ionic Storm that you can uh, control by turning the controller. and That's cool. But if it was an Infamous game where I shoot the lightning bolts by directing the controller, it's... It's no. So, um, I know you downloaded Infamous um, from the Welcome Back program. Of course. But did you, did, I'm not sure if it tells you in the game or if it was like in the manual, but uh, when you when you call the lightning strike, if you twist, if you like rotate the controller, it controls the direction the lightning strike goes in. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm talking about. Have, it's not, it's not necessary. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying this is, it's a point, it's basically backing up your point. It, it's not necessary to do. Because if you don't do it, it just goes straight. But it, it's it's nice to have something like that in and not be forced down your throat. In the first Uncharted game, um, 
to throw a grenade, you had to tilt the controller back to aim it, and then you just release the grenade button. If you wanted to balance on a log, you had to use the controller to balance. I'm sure there was some other stuff, but that's the only two I can remember. But, I mean, gimmicky motion controls like that are terrible. I mean, I I had the Wii first, and the uh, the games I liked the most with the Wii, um, and I'm not just talking like in general games that use motion control as little as possible. I mean, games, just shooters on the Wii, uh, I felt were much, much more precise. Not, I'm not talking like keyboard and mouse precise, but point and shoot precise is nice. And I'm sure anyone who's played the Wii or used the Move understands that as well. I haven't played Move, so I don't know if it's more precise or not. I, I just think that on games like Killzone 3, where you're the franchise is meant to be controlled by a controller, not point and shoot, like it's an actual gun. While I'll admit that does seem pretty cool, it's something that you'd have to get used to, yeah. and it's just, I don't, I don't think it's worth it. Yeah, when, when your primary console, when your only console is a console that relies solely on motion controls and uh, point and shoot, uh, shooters like when I had just a Wii it's very easy to get excited about those games but when you have a console like the PlayStation that was released with a a uh, a normal controller a dual analog controller and then halfway through its life cycle you release a motion controller that never at any point made me think that looks pretty cool I should go get that I mean even if I didn't have a Wii I'm completely certain that I would not want to get a move because it's not necessary in any way, shape, or form. If I was ever to get a Wii, or not a Wii, a uh, move, it would have to be given to me for free. I would not buy it. Yeah, or uh, there was, a, I can't remember what game it was, but there was one game that supports move on one point, and I was thinking if I ever have like a friend who has move, or I'm uh, somebody gives me move, then I'll do that, but I'm not going to go out and buy move just for that. Exactly. And I'm trying to remember what game it was. I wish I could remember now, because it, it, it was a... Uh, it was, it was uh, interesting to think about, but it wasn't interesting enough. It's understandable. Another thing on motion controlling. I, I remember I remember exactly what it is now. Okay. It was uh, Dead Space Extraction. The game that was ported over from the Wii. I mean, of course, updated visuals and everything. But I was thinking only if I ever get a move controller given to me, or if I borrow it, will I play it with the move controller. So exactly. basically I haven't played it. Oh, I've played it. It works just fine with a regular controller. Yeah. It just it feels it feels slower. I mean, since I've since I've uh, since I played shooters on the Wii for about two and a half years, or maybe it was just one and a half years. But since I played shooters on the Wii for such a long time, and I was completely used to it, and I knew that you could flick your wrist and your pointer would be there immediately, and that's what that game was designed for. It the dual analog sticks just didn't work for that game for me.
It didn't really bother me, but I digress. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the new Star Wars game on the Kinect, where you don't really control the character, you just control the swing of the lightsaber? He just kind of yeah, I don't... moves about from enemy to enemy. It... Yeah, I don't really understand how that should uh, make me excited at all. I don't, I mean... They're kind of they're displaying it like it's something that gamers can get excited for as well. And the only time I was ever excited for a motion control Star Wars game was when the Wii was first shown, and the first thing you think is lightsaber. That's the first thing you think. Exactly. That was the only time I was ever excited for a motion control Star Wars game. And now they're trying that, and it looks absolutely terrible. Yeah. I watched the uh, video, and. It just looks so awkward that you. go ahead. Uh, actually, I'm gonna go on. A, I'm gonna go off on a, a tangent. So I'll let you finish your thought, and then I'll. I'll... I don't even remember what it was now. So okay. well, <laughs> it was. I can't remember if it was last year or the year they showed Connect off. Uh, uh, the year that they debuted Connect at E3. Did you watch the Microsoft conference? Like I did. There was so much connect, and specifically connectables, and I just I couldn't understand how people were excited for that because it just looked so awkward standing there in front of a TV just moving your arms around. I'm petting an animal. I just it, it didn't look like it worked, and I felt bad for the little girl who was on stage pretending to play with a oh my god a baby I know. tiger. I was like I feel embarrassed for you. This is such an awkward thing. Did you notice she even giggled when the when the tiger licked her face? Oh my gosh. It was it was so bad. That that demo, just that demo itself, made me completely lose faith in the connect. I was just like, that's it, I'm out. I'm not even gonna pay attention to this anymore. And that's why this year it was why isn't anybody buying these? Yeah. Because nobody wants them. Yeah, nobody wants um, something they had on the PlayStation 2. Seriously. Old did technology. Ever, yeah, did you ever play the iToy? I did not. I could not stand the way it looked. <laughs> Houston had one, and, um. Yeah. I'm gonna just cut that part out then. But Houston had one, and like the first, I guess the first time I ever went over to his house, we spent most of the time we were there playing with the eye toy, and then we can, and then a lot of the times when I came back over, we would play the eye toy. It was it was it was fun, but it wasn't like it wasn't like hours of fun. It was just snippets of fun, and then after a couple weeks, it was like I, I wouldn't mind playing this again. Yeah. So I mean, even the first time I saw the Connect, I was like, "That looks like an iToy." The iToy was never that much fun to begin with, anyway. I mean, it's just one of those things that you stand there doing something that you're not actually doing. Yeah. I mean, even on the Wii, you're actually holding something there that's corporeal, and you're you can actually interact with that. As and then on the Connect, it's all virtual. It's like everything on the screen. Yeah. You can act like you can touch it, but it's never going to be there. 
that's uh, that's another reason why I didn't I wasn't excited for the connect at all because um, just not having a uh, controller um, makes it instantly buggy like there's no possible way that you you can ensure that it will never bug out and not recognize what's going on in front of it when they it's gonna happen eventually yeah exactly I mean and it's de and it, it would definitely be more noticeable than if it happened for a a pointer controller like the Wii or the PlayStation move now I mean, the only way I could see something like that working is if it was like a holographic screen right in front of you where it can actually move and touch. Yes, the, the, um, I'll, I'll, I will probably never be excited for, um, motion controls again or any sort of, like, virtual control, controlling, like, uh, Kinect until they come out with actual holograms. It's a long way off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I won't. I won't be excited for that stuff until I'm a grandfather. And then we're gonna be like, "Oh, you whooper snappers! I remember when yeah, the Connect was out. I remember when controllers had cables." And and the grandkids are like, "What's a controller?" Exactly. Because they because they don't even have TV remotes because they blink their eyes and it turns on. Daniel Speaking Tosh. of which, I can't wait until that happens. Just like you, you can sit on the couch. You don't even have to like. It's not even voice recognition. It's just like instant brain waves. And I think there was a study um, that's going on either right now or finished recently that was about um, implanting a chip in your brain so you could navigate your phone without um, speaking or touching it. Like you could just hold it in your hand, and it would it would do what you thought when you thought it. Never would I do that. Uh, yeah, I mean, but just just imagine. I mean, just think about it. That sound that just seems. I mean, I don't know how to explain it, but that that's just that's giant leap. It's a it's giant leap, but I'd never do it. I would feel way too lazy. Yeah, but I'm I'm sure. I'm sure sometime in the future, um, uh, the generational gap will be so much so that. Uh, that people will not understand why or how we lived without the brain chips that let us control electricity with our thoughts. And I mean, I was uh, I was I was having a conversation today with uh, the people who were visiting, who are some friends of my dad's, and uh, we were talking about how uh, the current generation, like the one right after us, you and myself, exactly. as well, um, they can't live without, without technology at all. Like, if you, if you took away their phone, they wouldn't be able to survive. It's terrible. I mean, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. It, it just, it, technology has babied us so much that um, the current generation cannot understand how life worked without technology. Like, I mean... I can, myself, I can barely understand how people got along without um, lighting or air conditioning or uh, running water, especially running water. Yeah. Because that, that's, I mean, that's, I, I, I love 
like the closest I can get to, to um, understanding that is when I go camping. But I mean, it's not it's not as uh, archaic as it was before. You know, utilities. Exactly. Because you bring you can bring like a gas stove with you. But I mean, I wanna I wanna go ahead and wrap up soon. But talking about um, but ch uh, children today not knowing about stuff before. I saw one post on Reddit. It was uh, the headline was um, "Our kids will never understand the sim the uh, the link between these two objects," and the two objects were a cassette tape and a wooden pencil. And I mean, instantly, as soon as I saw that, as soon as I saw the picture, I was like, I know exactly what what the link is right there. I mean, I'm sure you do too, right? I believe I do. If, uh... Did you ever have cassette tapes when you, uh, when you were younger? I remember, I remember, like, back when CDs first came out was when I first got my own cassette tape. Yeah. So it was, it was basically on the very end of it. Yeah, I mean, I had cassettes when really, I was a kid. Yeah, but you know how sometimes, um... Or even with VCRs, it did... VCRs couldn't use the pencil. But sometimes the uh, the tape on the inside would come out a little bit. Okay, yeah, I know exactly where this is going. I was thinking yes. this is where it was. But. Yeah, because on the on the cassette tape, the the little holes in the middle where the uh, cassette player spun it, and I'm, I'm I know I know you understand now. I'm just explaining yeah. for any of our yeah. listeners who have no idea what's going on. Um, there were little holes that spun it, and it was like spokes that didn't go all the way, so you could stick a wooden pencil in there, the metal tip. And I mean, you can still. I always thought that the uh, the little holes on the pencil where they stabbed it into the eraser so the eraser wouldn't come out. Yeah. I used to always think that that was meant for the spokes to go into. And whenever I stuck it into the cassette player, I mean the cassette tape, I would have to like line it up perfectly as a kid. But I mean, you could just stick the pencil in there and rotate it so that the tape would be wound back into the cassette tape. And the I mean the equivalent for that would be, or for the VHS would be a knife. Which yeah. you just kind of stick in the spokes and you twist. Yeah, I would. I couldn't really figure out the best thing to use for that, so I would just like, or like stick my uh, my pointer finger and my thumb in there, and then just like expand them and try to turn it like that. So it wasn't really that good, but I mean, it worked. Exactly. I mean, on just like that. I didn't get a phone until I was in high school, my ninth grade year, and that was only because I needed one so I could contact my mom whenever I got back from band trips. And I didn't get yeah. texting until this summer, practically. I actually, I remember you not having texting. Yeah. I remember I got my phone because me and my brother, by ourselves, we went to our grandparents, and uh, we like we didn't have enough money for the whole family to go. I, I think it was like something about get, we got free airline tickets one way, and we had to pay for the other way or something. Yeah. But I was at my grandmother's house, and my mom sent a package with a phone, like an old phone in it. And I had that phone for like a couple of years. I think I got that in ninth grade. Because I had that phone in ninth grade, and maybe tenth as well. But yeah, the only reason I have texting now is because I live so far away, and I can't always talk to somebody over the phone, so... Yeah. It was seen as kind of essential. Yeah, I mean, texting... That's that's another thing about this generation. I don't understand how texting is is so so important that you have to have it 
that you have to be doing it all day long. I can understand times like when you're describing when uh when you just want to talk to somebody without having to actually call them and yeah or like it's an time. or if it's an emergency or something like that yeah um and uh i'm getting called now by my parents but uh i just wanted to say um there was one point my freshman year that my phone died and i left my charger at home but i had a, i had my car and i had my car charger and i thought my like i thought something was broken on my phone because my phone wouldn't charge in the car. It turned out later that my phone, um, uh, the phone charger that the car charger was broken and it wouldn't work anymore. But I actually used uh, Yahoo Messenger. I used it to send a text to my parents. And if there wasn't texting, I wouldn't have been able to do anything because I couldn't find anyone to borrow a phone. And uh, the I guess the front desk didn't have a phone or something that I could use. So, I, I mean, it was weird. I just don't understand why kids nowadays starting in kindergarten have to have phones. Exactly. I'm, I, I think about it all the time, but when I have kids, um, for sure, I'm not exactly sure what age I would even be willing to give them a phone, but for sure, it would definitely be after 10 years old. I just don't understand it. Mm-hmm. I was... I, my thinking is, like, somewhere in middle, like halfway through middle school, like seventh, maybe seventh grade, between then and when they and when they uh, go to high school, like because there's no reason for them to have a phone if uh, they're not driving. If you're as soon as they start driving, they have to have a phone for sure. Exactly. But um, before that, they're gonna be at friends' houses and they can just use their uh, their friends' parents' phone. Or like the landline, or they can just walk home. No, no, no. There, there's no such thing as landlines anymore. There. Mm. It's very rapidly falling out of. What's the yeah, word? The, yeah, you know. Yeah, what I'm by, talking the, about. by the by the time I get this uh, podcast uh, posted, landlines will be obsolete. I remember when uh, we finally got rid of our landline because nobody called it anymore. They always used called through the cell phones. Yeah, we, we got rid of our landline because we all had cell phones, and the only, only for the for the same reason, yeah, because the only calls we got were from uh, telemarketers and whatnot, but, um, I mean, I didn't want this podcast to go for such a long time, I wanted to go for like half an hour, and we're about to hit an hour, so, and I, it's dinner time, so, I'm not actually going to edit any of it, maybe, I might cut out that one point where I uh, I was talking to my father outside the door. But, I mean, if you hear anything in the background, uh, it's not my fault. I just didn't want to edit it while I was on vacation. I just wanted to put it together and post it. You so, hear anything? Um, if you hear anything from this side, sorry, it's kind of a thunderstorm right now. <laughs> nice. Well, not nice. So, um, with that, uh, I'll I'll just leave it to that. So, I'll see you guys. Uh, see you guys next week. We're out.